Hello everyone and welcome along to episode 106 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. It is my pleasure today to welcome Ria Mestiza to the show. Ria, I hope I've said that right because I didn't clear it with you off camera before. Did I get it right? You nailed it. Great. Perfect start. I was just saying how lovely it is to have a fellow Australian on the show, although I'm not actually born in Australia. I've been here long enough to call myself an Australian. Rhea is joining me live from Adelaide. I'm in Melbourne. It's a lovely sunny morning here. How is it there in Adelaide? It's pretty good. Pretty much the same. I'm pleased to hear it. Rhea is a mindset and performance coach to ambitious high achievers ready to take control of their health who are seeking the best body and lifestyle for not only optimization, but for longevity. She's the founder of the Physique Wellness and Performance and also the host of her own podcast, which I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about, Summon Your Superhuman. Rhea teaches others how to own their mind and body for, to maximize their untapped inner strength and potential. A huge passion, I know, Rhea, for knowledge and a relentless commitment to growth. So you've been doing this for over 20 years, Rhea, and you're really a, a really well-rounded health practitioner. I know you practice kinesiology and remedial therapy and other energy-based modalities. You've got a good background as well, over 20 years as, as a competitive athlete. How did you come to be in that, that kind of switch? Because it's, I mean, the two kind of relate, being an athlete mm. and a therapist. I mean, smart athletes use therapists, but where did that transition between the two come in for you? It came into play when I had to decide whether or not I wanted to stay in the corporate world, so to speak. So I actually mm. lived in Melbourne, uh, where you are now. I'm sorry, my cat just jumped up. <laughs> um, I, I was living in Melbourne, where you are, and I, I moved back due to my father having a heart attack one day, and I decided, you know what, if anything ever happened to my dad, I would never forgive myself if I wasn't around. So I actually moved to Adelaide. Uh, I just wasn't motivated to get back into the work that I was doing, and so I called myself on my own. Can I swear? <laughs> I call myself on my own excuses. Let's just say that. I call myself on my own excuses and, yeah, I changed careers because the, the drive there was what do I enjoy doing? And I enjoyed uh, doing well, – or I was doing martial art classes and fitness classes and I went, well, what does it take to be a fitness instructor? And then I Googled it and figured out I had to get some certs and things like that. And then I actually fell in love with personal training and I never even taught the classes that I intended to teach, which is kind of funny. But that was my motivation because I went, you know what, if I'm going to change careers, I may as well try and do something that I enjoy. And that's, you know, turn a hobby into a passion, as they say. And, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of how it happened. I mean, I've always been competitive in sports, dancing, um, everything. So to be able to make a, a career out of it was, yeah, the next stage for me. A beautiful thing, you know, if you can turn your hobby and your hobby and your passion into your career, then I think it never really feels like working at all. So it's a great place to be. And it's yeah. funny, like you say, um, you know, you, you trained in the certs and you got the initial certs, but then what you ended up actually teaching, it's just kind of, it's the building blocks, but then it often leads you down quite a different path. 
exactly yeah mm-hmm. now i know um and, and the, it, it's funny how that kind of came around isn't it it's uh you know your dad got sick there and 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 you decided to make a change and it just led you down a whole different a whole different world and and I, what a great thing it is as well i think because you know you've probably helped so many people there and i imagine you're very good at it because it's your passion you love doing it and you could have just been stuck in the um stuffy corporate world still in melbourne as well <laughs> uh don't get me wrong i loved it you know i honestly oh, yeah, I did, but I, I don't think I slept. <laughs> I don't think I slept much very, you know, because it was, you know, corporate by day and then it was the uh, club scene by night, you know. So right. yeah, um, yeah. I was a very, very busy young lady and, uh, you know, I loved it. It was fun. But when I moved back here, I went, what else can I do? And I honestly had no idea what I was getting myself in for. And as you say, you sort of just evolve as uh, as things happen and every certification and every next level or layer to um, how I show up as a professional has come out of life experiences and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. just go with the flow. Yeah, that's it. Go with the flow. And, um, you know, life life has a funny way of just making sure things work out for you when you do that, especially when you're, you know, passionate and dedicated towards them. What kind of um, – you mentioned that you were doing martial arts. What kind of martial arts were you doing? Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, knees and elbows. Tough. Oh, they're all awesome. I loved boxing and kickboxing, but, you know, when you add in knees and elbows, it just makes it even more fun. Yeah, and even more dangerous as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what's been kind of, you've been, you know, you've had, I know you've got the the podcast, you've got the physique, which I love that word, physique. I kind of had to get my my tongue around that and my head around that. I looked at it for a few times, but, you know, it's, it's a challenging thing running business and I'm sure you'd be used to challenges particularly coming from that corporate environment and no doubt there's some lessons that you took there as you went forward into your own business and career but what are some of the biggest challenges you've come up against? I think initially I I, you know call it naivety you know having been an employee for most of my life and then all of a sudden you're running your own business I Mm. uh, think I underestimated how hard that was going to be and so, you know, easy said the first three years were actually quite difficult uh, in terms of wrapping my head around, you know, the work itself was easy, but it was, you know, all the administrative, the financial, the everything else that uh, he had to get adjusted to. And I, I'm, a, well, not anymore, but I would say back then I was very big on like, I'll, I'll get it done, I'll do it myself, I'll figure out a way. And, you know, I always, I've always managed to do things that way. And, um, yeah, probably the biggest challenge for me, and and not to say it because you know I, I'm sure she's probably going to listen to this, but uh, in 2015, my best friend she uh, got uh, diagnosed with cancer, and uh, we were living together at the time, and um, yeah, it was it was a big challenging year because we only really had each other, and so I kind of went from being you know a solopreneur to uh, a, a single mom kind of really is the only thing I can think about it. And that's why I think I have so much empathy for my mother clients now because I, I really have had to understand <laughs> what it's like to um, to live your life around someone else's needs. And, um, you know, when people ask her about that year and they're like, wow, that was a really tough year for you, wasn't it? And she said, you know what? I was drugged up most of the time. I said, yeah. I think uh, Rhea had the hardest time of it all because she was the one that's taken me up to my appointments, you know, besides me in the hospital and um, I, had to, I had to literally get up, you know, 
I set alarms for myself to get up throughout the middle of the night to, you know, give her a medication and she had a catheter bag and all sorts of like crazy things that you don't, you know, you don't prepare yourself for. And so that year it, it really took its toll on me because, um, you know, running your own business, doing all of that, making sure there's food on the table. So I actually had two businesses at that stage, one that we were both uh, joint, jointly in and uh, so she's a chef. So then therefore now I'm cooking and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm doing all this. Uh, it was nuts. But uh, by the end of that year, I literally was scraping by, to be honest. And <laughs> I, I was uh, sitting around just thinking to myself, is this is this me? Like, is this really what this is all about? You know, every year my dad's always gone to me, you know, how'd you go financially? And I was like, oh, yeah, a little bit better, a little bit better every year. And he's like, you know, it's not too late. Like you want to get back into the corporate work to find yourself a good job and just settle in. And, you know, and I was like, nah, I love this too much. Like I have to make this work. There's just no way. Yeah. yeah. So you started out as personal training and um, how did you get to – actually, I think it would be really good for the audience. A lot of people might have heard of kinesiology but might not have any idea what it is. It's, 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 it's a beautiful sounding word. I really like the word. But, um, yeah, do you want to give a bit more of a background of what it is and then perhaps how you kind of got into it? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, would, I would say I would have to give props to uh, Bob Gill, Dr. Bob Gill. He's a chiropractor in the U.S., and he came down and he taught, um, he's, I mean, he's taught many times, um, applied muscle testing. And that was my introduction to kinesiology, that type of practice where you can really check in and uh, from a biofeedback perspective, check in on all the acupressure points. I mean, there are over 9,000, but his his framework was more like these are the the main ones that we want to check, you know, because obviously we can't spend three hours working on people. So this is how you check in. You can check in on a people's thyroid, um, gastrointestinal health, mitochondria, um, kidney, liver, you know, all, all of the important things and, yeah. and also things Maybe like uh, cognitive health, um, whether they're vitamin D deficient, uh, magnesium, zinc, all of those, all of the the, the main, you know, pillars and things that you want to check in for and then also how to fine tune when you're working with a client to take the guesswork out and be like okay well instead of just guessing and, and assuming that the next protocol for us to do is you know we're going to put you on this diet or we're going to try this and eliminate these foods and I'm like let's just check in with your body and let your body tell us what it wants yeah. And a lot of the times I found with my uh, doctor clients and things, because they can be somewhat sceptical to this kind of practice because it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not taking blood work and things like that. But yeah. what I would find is that is I would say, um, you know, for example, your iron is coming up low and then they would turn around and be like, oh, that's interesting because I had my blood work done recently and they came up that my iron was low. And I was like, oh, well, look at that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're turning sceptics into fans. So it was, um, yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, no, that's great, and uh, I think that it, it pairs well, doesn't it? You know, if you if you're into a healthy mind and a healthy body, it pairs well to be tuning into your body and, and listening to what it's telling you. Yeah, of course you can, you know, like you said, get the blood work done and get all the more, let's say, kind of clinical end of the stats done. But um, I think just listening and being in tune with your body and staying connected to it is really is a really important thing and. And, you know, the kind of the mind, muscle and, and body connection and having an awareness of, of the both, particularly as, as an athlete. I know that's, you know, it can be a very, very hard thing to do being, being an athlete, especially when it's something you do full time. And a lot of athletes, you know, I think a lot of people 
and, and the Olympics highlighted this a bit more recently, you know, a lot of people who were there at the Olympics, you know, you see them and they've been training for four years to get to this point, but they just, a lot of them have regular day jobs as well. You know, it's not something that pays you um, a full-time wage very often until you perhaps get to a really good level of sponsorship, um, you know, unless you're really at the top, top of your game. Um, I know they do get, uh, some countries, I thought I was amazed to, to find out that they get the the jackpots they kind of get for coming first. Some of them get huge mm. payouts, particularly, I think, yeah. the... Some of the American, I think the American was kind of, America was kind of the top payouts of that. Um, I think China was pretty good as well. But yeah, it's um, you know it's 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 a it's a really well-rounded person you have to be to keep it going and, and keep keep at top of your game. And that involves, you know, I think it can definitely involve as as the world has evolved to accepting more holistic therapies now and energy-based modalities, whereas it used to be just like oh. Here's, here's, oh, here's the problem, take the pill and you'll be fine. And actually, there's probably a lot of back-end stuff that comes with that and other problems it leads to, particularly views in prescription drugs over a long period of time. So, yeah, I'm uh, super into what you're doing and I think it's it's great. And particularly, you see a lot more of it happening, which is fantastic. I love that it's become more of the new norm now. That Yeah. Mm. Well, it used to be the norm, right? You know, holistic mm-hmm. therapies and practices way before, you know, all a plethora of prescription drugs came in. Um, and there's a whole kind of reason why people, you know, brought a lot of that in, as well as wanting to fix people. It was a lot of people wanting to get quite rich and did get quite rich off it. But that's what, you know, before all that, that's what it was. So it's kind of, I think it's really interesting how it's come back full circle to people, you know, just regular people who don't have, you know, doctorate degrees and things like that really have a love and interest for health and good energy of the mind and body and the soul and go into depths like you have to become qualified in doing that and then applying that to, you know, other people, um, whether that be just at that initial level or people that you're already training in fitness, all of them gel together in a really healthy way to make you ultimately what we all want to be, right? You know, we all want to be healthy of the mind and body and live the longest life we can. Yeah, absolutely. Now tell me about, we've, we've gone in kind of there to the challenges and well done for being a really good mate. That must've been a really difficult time to be, you know, running your business and, and looking after your friend who was, sounds like they're quite, quite sick really. Did she recover your friend? Yeah, she's still with us. Thankfully. Uh, It actually really, it was a really aggressive one. So it, it was a, it all came about really fast, but so uh, you, you just kind of have to hit the ground running and, and just go with it. Yeah, yeah, and I know you said there, like, you know, you, you don't you don't prepare for these things. I don't really think there's a way that you can prepare for something like that until you're in it, and then you have to learn very fast. So yeah. um, good on you. But we kind of went into the challenges there, but I'd love to hear about, like, a yeah. big, big triumph for you in your business, you know, a big moment that you were like, I am here where I'm meant to be doing what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going from uh, so 2015, I was already in the industry for for quite a few years, was that four years or so? Um, and I wasn't feeling successful, if you know what, you know what I mean? And it's like having a, a year where I was just really scraping by and just making ends meet. And that was when I was sitting there evaluating, okay, what, what, what am I doing? Like, what what is going on? you know, mm. next year, am I going to just continue doing this or am I really just going to bite the bullet and and do something else? And I kid you not, my phone rang <laughs> and 
I was out to lunch and my phone rang and it was uh, a mentor of mine. I'd done some work with, he'd helped me with some comp prep and he was someone that I'd always wanted to learn from, but that was just not something that he was offering at that stage. Mm. And he called me and I was like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, Hey, look, I'm thinking about doing this mentorship program next year. Um, you know, and I, I, you were the first person that came to my mind and, you know, what do you, what do you think? Like you keen on, cause I was already living back in Adelaide and this was in Melbourne because how do you feel about coming to Melbourne every couple of months, you know, do some intensives and, and all this sort of stuff for the entire year. And I was like, Whew, all right, cool. Like that, I mean, it sounds amazing. And I'm just waiting for, to find out how much the investment is going to be. That's often and, the thing, right, with these things. And, and, I, and I kid you not, like, I actually was was just starting to put money back on my credit card because, you know, I'd started to kind of tap into that that realm. And I'm like, yes, I'm getting back on my feet. I've put 500 bucks on my credit card today. I'm taking myself <laughs> to lunch. And he, and, he, and he calls me up and he's like, all right, so the investment's going to be 20000 And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I said, I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay you that. And he goes, look, you can, you know, put a down payment now. Um, I said, well, well, how much do you need down payment? He goes, oh, 500, we'll, we'll do it. And I went, well, if I'm funny that, I just put 500 on my credit card. So um, <laughs> I was like, well, here you go. There you go. Take that out. And, uh, and then I, I got to, I, I went, you know what? I don't have it, but I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get it. And I did. And it was the greatest investment I'd made in myself because not only did I have to fly, take time off work, be there every couple of months, and I, I think I literally made 14 trips that year. Oh. And uh, and it was the first time I hit six figures in my business because that, yeah. uh, it, it, out of necessity, but also out of the investment knowledge that I was getting about around being around the right, the right people, and mm. it really lifted me to that next level. So it was... Uh, that was definitely the game-changing moment for me. And was it a mindset coaching that you were doing there? It was personal training. It was, yeah. you know, yeah, cool. training, nutrition, all of the good things that we love and need. And, it, and it, the, the most valuable part, I think, was the business side of it. You know, it's it's not something that I'd paid a lot of attention to. You know, I was literally just flying by and going, oh, I've got this, I'll figure it out. I'll give it to my accountant and they'll figure it out. And, you know, I, I didn't really have structure. Like, so, but it, that year gave me the structure with, with his um, guidance and it happens. You put in the work, you do the things and lo and behold... <laughs> I've no exactly what you're saying. I've been there. I've been there so many times. Um, you know, structure and systems—they're not always something that you first think about when you start in a business. You know, you're just happy to be having a business and bringing money in and having clients. But when you start bringing those things in, um, and actually, I found—I don't know about you, Ria—but when you start kind of delegating a few tasks out instead of going, "No, I want all the control. I want to do it all," and being mm. super stressed about it, bringing in some systems that you can you know, pass on to other people pretty easily and they can pick up and take care of. Gives you a lot more time and a lot more free-flowing space to just work on the business instead of in the business. And I think yeah. it's, uh, it's not not an easy thing to do as a, you know, a natural-born hustler, which I know you are. You're like, no, I can do it all. I can do all the hours <laughs> and with yeah. no rest, 100 miles an hour, and I'll be absolutely fine. And that's true. You know, you can absolutely do it, but I don't always think it's super sustainable. Mm. And I or definitely don't think it's very healthy as well. There's always um, 
there's always a, a another side to that seesaw and there's always something that's not getting the attention it needs in in the other areas of your life when you're working to that level yeah mm. sure. now we mentioned the word hustle there and it's obviously a key key point in the whole podcast i'd mm. love to know and I love answering this question because uh, I keep meaning to make a, a snippet of everyone's answers in one video because there's, there's well over 100 of them. Everyone defines it in a slightly different way. How would you define the word hustle, Rhea, and what does it mean to you? I think, I mean, hard work comes to comes to me first, right? But it's also that perseverance and determination. You know, it, it's just not quitting, taking action, not quitting you know, you, you never, you don't fail unless you actually quit. So if you just keep persevering and you keep pushing and getting up when you fall and trying again, and it, that's that's what hustling means to me. It's just keep going, don't stop. Yeah, fall fall down a hundred times, get up a hundred and one. Just keep yeah. keep going. Yeah, just keep going. And I know, look, you know. On the on the going a bit off script here, but on the subject of keeping going and challenges, you know, you actually when you were bodybuilding once you had a an ovarian cyst burst at the time, and you didn't quit there. You know, great example. You actually carried on and carried on competing. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? I'm sure you probably don't yeah. want to read it. No, no, it's fine. That was uh, it was a while ago, right? Yeah. It was a while ago now, and. You know that that what that's what led me into becoming a remedial therapist. But that's a whole another story. Right. And um, that that was something. Well, okay, that is part of it, I guess. So I, I I collapsed one day, and I had no idea what was wrong with me. I was in agony, and I went to the hospital. They didn't know what was wrong with me because I was a fit person. They decided, uh, you know, I mean, you must have a hernia from lifting. And I was like, what? okay all right anyway it took months it took ages because I was just like no this is this something wrong here and I they found out that I had PCOS so I had a very insist bursts uh, I was in immense pain and this went on for like six months I would literally sometimes come go go to work after having gone to the hospital because you know if you don't if you don't work you don't earn money right so that was still early days of my business so I had to keep right mm -hmm. hustling I had to keep showing up <laughs> and so sometimes I'd rock up and be like, okay, um, I can't pick up your weights for you today. You're going to have to do all of the work, like, because I'm literally limping. And they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, it's all good. I'm, I'm good. We're here. And uh, it got to a point where, um, you know, thankfully I had a remedial therapist. He came out of retirement and healed me. And I went, you know what? I need to learn how to do that and return that back a thousand times. And so, and I have, thankfully I could say I've done that, but um I had an old school bodybuilding lady. She sp spoke to me one day and she said, Ria, you, you mentioned that you were interested in doing a bodybuilding show ages ago. And I said, yeah, I was. But, you know, I had all this stuff happen and it's kind of, it's not really on the cards anymore. And she said, well, you're right now, aren't you? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess so. And she goes, well, what's stopping you now? Hmm. And I was like, well, nothing, I guess. Yeah. And so I literally started comp prep the day after. And uh, three months later, a week before the show, I had an ovarian cyst burst and I was in a world of pain. So this is, you know, peak week. Uh, and I and everyone's like, surely you're not going to you're not going to do the show now. And I was like, try and stop me. 
Hmm. And because I had put in so much work, I was like in yeah. the best shape of my life. I was like 10% body fat. I was like looking the goods, you know, I've done so much work. And I said, try and stop me. I'm going to be there. And I was yeah. backstage, had my heels or sitting down. They caught, you know, time to go on. So just before I got on the stage, chucked my heels on, did all the turns, smiles and everything that I had to do. And then got off stage, took my heels off and went, oh, dear Lord. Oh, woo. <laughs> and, and yeah, but I but I did it, and there was just not anything that was going to stand in my way. Uh, how long did you train for? Well, yeah, prior to that, I mean, obviously, I was already a professional trainer at that course, stage, yeah. but you know, I think that was, that was probably the first time I'd really honed in on my training and hit it hard. You know, because we tend to sort of have a program, stick to it, float around, try oh something over there, let's try that, and then you know. Uh, all sorts of different things. So I don't think I, I I had consistency in bodybuilding training per se. I loved weight training. I did all sorts of different uh, types and, and ways. And uh, that was the first time I really, like, hit the splits. You know, I, I the split training, I like, did everything that I needed to do 100%. And, yeah, yeah I think that's, that's really why I was like, there's no way I'm not getting on that stage. Wow. No, there's no <laughs> way. Like, it's, you know, I know a lot of people have competed in bodybuilding that that last week before you prep, I mean, you're not in a super healthy state anyway. You know, you regularly kind of malnourished, you're regularly dehydrated. Um, you know, it's it's not a sustainable place for your body to be in for too long. Um, but yeah, you, you just good on you for actually going through it. That must have been really difficult. But I can also appreciate at the same time how after putting that amount of work in, in so many areas and such a transformation that it would have almost in a way all been for nothing if you didn't compete in the competition. Yeah. Admittedly, that I, I, I booked myself in to do four shows that season and that first show I didn't place. Uh, and I don't think it's because of that. I mean, I don't think my presentation was up to scratch that day in terms mm -hmm. of how I posed and my lack of preparation of that. And um, But I, I like really hustled into my my posing because i knew my body was was where i wanted it to be and then yeah. now i needed to just focus on how i presented that on stage and then I, I placed every every comp after that so yeah no that's fantastic sometimes you gotta do the first one it's just a learning <laughs> process right yeah be nice to place at the first bodybuilding competition definitely yeah. yeah and it's um a great thing to take forward yeah you just think about that you know that, that old lady that came up to you kind of the old school um bodybuilding type i know the type you know i know the type yeah. for sure and yeah. um, you you perhaps would have never gone down that road if it, if it hadn't have been a someone who kind of said to you you know you're good enough to do it right now and you're like well, yeah i didn't really think but yeah i guess i guess i am and yeah, yeah it leads you down a whole path of um of exploration and you know there's so much to be learned from from bodybuilding not just in the physical but in the mental as well it's mm -hmm. so good for your for your discipline so, mm -hmm. so good for your discipline. And then, like, you can apply that to different areas of your life, right? You know, yeah. you can definitely apply the discipline you've learned in fitness to business, you know, even if it's just focusing on one thing at a time and blocking other stuff out. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, you know, your friends want to go out drinking, they're going out to this restaurant, which you know tastes really good, but it just doesn't align with what you're doing. And then I kind of think, like, times I've applied that, it's exactly the same. It's like I've got to get this, this campaign done, this marketing done, et cetera. And again, my friends are going out to eat or out to drink, or you know, there's always seems like there's something trying to trying to snatch your energy 
will um, distract you. And I'm someone who gets pretty easily distracted, so it's something I battle against a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of do not disturb going on. Like uh, I feel like I need a sign on my door sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm kind of digressing a bit there, but I'm sure you're with me, right? Discipline is I, great to have. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. different That's why I love bodybuilding so much. You know, I mean, like it's evolved a lot over the years and I'm, I'm definitely old school bodybuilder at heart, you know, like have, having been like a 12 year old girl who would rather read, you know, flex magazine than, um, you know, whatever female bodybuilding magazine there was at the time. And I'm like, no, I want to read about Arnold and, you know, flex yeah. and all like literally all the old school bodybuilders. I, I really appreciated that from a young age. And so, yeah, it all, it, it all it took was that belief in that woman to be like, look, I know you can do it nothing stopping yeah. you now for real and, yeah good, good mental yeah. coach and i think um bodybuilding you're right has changed a lot particularly from you know the 80s but what hasn't changed is a lot of those old school gyms they're really mm. like still around you know and there's still some good ones in melbourne i don't know if you've ever trained at a gym called body world in in south side of melbourne it's all like blue and it's really old yeah school. i know uh, the one all, yeah all the whites are in pounds loads of pictures plastered of Arnie all over the walls like yeah. it's a really it's a really old school place but super mm-hmm. good community you know everyone's really I find actually it's better community than some of the newer gyms I agree um, everyone's really willing to help you out and um, yes. give you a bit of their drive which everyone needs sometimes I, I love that the the environment in an old school bodybuilding gym it's, there's nothing mm-hmm. that it's not the same now but you know, there. I mean, there are those of us who have been around, and we we appreciate that. And but people, I think, aren't as uh, open to asking for help as I think maybe we once were. Perhaps I don't know, or feel comfortable well, think, enough to ask people for help. I agree with that for sure. You know, people are a little bit. Um, I don't know if ashamed is ashamed is a strong word, but a little bit see it as a weakness. You know, asking for help, which I don't agree with mm. at all. You know, you 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 want help because you want to remain strong, not because you're weak. But I think I think the gyms have got softer. I think they've got they've been redesigned and, and pushed us away to make people think they're working harder than they are. And like a great example of that is if you go on like an old school running machine or cycle machine at level twelve, it's actually a heck of a lot more difficult than if you walked into a brand new gym, you know, like your you kind of your virgins, your fitness first, and you try and do a level twelve and there, you're like, This is easy. I'm like, I'm doing well here. And it's because it they're just <laughs> differently i don't really understand why that is i don't know if it's to get more people through the door so they feel like Mm. they can do more and they can keep getting members i don't know i don't know what the reason is behind it but it's definitely softened uh i mean all weights of rubber handles as well now all those old school ones were just metal (laughs) pure metal and that's it yeah yeah it's like a lounge room on wheels now you know you're gonna go in there you've got your tv screen you've got you've got little fans and things like now come on that was not we didn't even have air yeah. conditioning back no. in gym back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no air conditioning. I can remember a gym, a particular gym I used to go to in the UK, um, in a place called uh, Litchfield, and and it was like it was just always just boiling hot, sweating in summer, no heating, no cooling there. And in the winter, the weights were that cold, like you could barely pick them up. You felt like your hand was going to stick to them, kind of like you know, like <laughs> the dumb and dumber scene when he gets his tongue t- his tongue stuck on the bus stop. Yeah, it was, it was like that with the weights. <laughs> Yeah, it's changed a lot for sure. But yeah. I guess, like in in some ways, it's changed for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I hope those gyms always keep going. Those old school gyms always keep going because 
they're the kind of players if you want motivation you just look at the the kind of decor and the walls around you and, mm-hmm. and you get it straight away and it pushes you to go just that little bit harder yeah i mean i always train at doherty's when i come to melbourne because that's that same sort of feel for me you yeah. know i look I've around at all... sorry i've never yeah, tried no. all right yeah, well, they've got I me mean, all the old school bodybuilders in there, and I've met a lot of them there during, you know, when I used to come compete. I competed at yeah. Arnold Classic and things like that. So it's just oh, like yeah. the big, big Olympia, you know, experience basically in Melbourne. Yeah. So it's great. Arnold Classic's a great show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For anyone listening, it's probably the Arnold, Arnold Classic hasn't been for a while now because events, right? But um, mm. Arnold Classic's a great bodybuilding show that encompasses not, it's almost like a mini Olympics, I reckon. It's It's got every yeah. kind of. Like when you say every kind of sport, it has everything from chess to kickboxing, you know, as well as weightlifting competitions there. And it does it all around the world. And I remember the first one I went to, they hadn't kind of, it was still quite small scale. And they did like a one-on-one between Tony Doty, who has Doty Gyms and Arnold. And it was just like those, them two chatting on the stage. And we're only like six or 10 feet away. I was like, this is amazing. And it was really low cost of entry. And there was only a couple of hundred people in the room. Changed after that. I think they marketed it a bit better after that. Um, but no, great show. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Doty's Gym, I'm trying there, but I've heard it's a great place to get down and, and yeah. meet some of the old school bodybuilders, particularly when the Arnold Classic's on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Got Paul, Paul Brinner, my, one of my friends and, and a, a, an old guest on the show, Paul Brinner in the comments. He's, uh, I think he's hearing us and appreciating that gyms have definitely softened up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you had to start, if let's just say, you had to, for some reason, you had to start all over again tomorrow. Rare, is there anything with regards to business, not just like life itself? <laughs> Would yeah. there be something that you did dramatically different in the way that you you started or or ran your business? As as I am now, I I would say I would change nothing because obviously everything I went through, you know, is the reason why I'm here and who I am today. But if I had to try to speak to Ria that was starting and and I could give her just a bit of word of wisdom I would say to her don't be afraid to ask for help because I I was too in my head or you know maybe let's call it ego you know I can do this I can work it out you know I always I always do I always can but if I had just asked for help earlier if I had seeked mentorship earlier you just I don't know why that was the only time I hadn't really followed my own advice. Like my whole life I'd always seeked to the expert in whatever I wanted to learn. You know, when I went, when I was fascinated with, with, I loved DJing. And so I went to learn from your DMC champion. And, you know, when I wanted to learn about mindset, like I was learning from Tony Robbins, you know, it's like, why didn't I do that? just because I was starting, oh, I thought it was easy. I thought I could do it. And now I see it in other trainers. Now I see them and I'm like, oh, I've got this. I don't need to ask your help. Like I was like, look, my door's always open. You you know, you can always ask me help if you want. No, no, I'm all right. I'm all good. And and so I think the only advice I'd really give myself is to find the person who is where you want to be and and seek that, seek that help, seek that coaching ASAP because it will get you the results faster. We know this. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, you've you've highlighted it there really well. You know, you wanted to get into DJing, you learn from the best. You wanted to get into mindset, you learn from the best. That like, take a look at what the best people have done in the field, study them hard. Nothing wrong with copying what they've done in your own way, applying that, and it's going to take you leaps and bounds. You're going to get leaps and bounds quicker than trying to 
reinvent your own way. Um, particularly, I think, you know, these the times that we're in have changed a bit, but the, the methods in which you can apply things like mindset and DJ, it's, you know, it changes, but um, it's always the way, always like the, the best, the old school ways are the best, yeah, which I think it's kind of, kind of become a bit of a theme in this podcast now we've we found <laughs> the old school ways are the best, right? I love old school. <laughs> need to retitle it. <laughs> need to retitle the whole thing. <laughs> the simplest yeah. the old school ways are the best, so study the people that have been doing it the longest, apply some of the things that they've done, and you're going to get there a lot faster. I agree with that. Yeah. So, what are you? What's kind of next for Ria Matiza? I know there's a couple of things you're working on in the background. I'd love to hear about them and kind of where's where do you where's the business heading for you? What are your goals and and, and aspirations for it in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, the the majority of my career in this field has been uh, as an in person coach, as an in person practitioner, and mm. I pride myself on that. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to be online. Don't be silly. You know, I can just do my thing here. Word of mouth. It's all good. I'm, I'm fine. And then now everything. And so online is obviously where I'm heading more towards. I mean, look, where, look what we're doing right now. I wouldn't have been yeah, doing this, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, I mean, that's definitely the, the space. That's the world. And you know, having said that, fortunately and unfortunately, but it was a expensive but valuable lesson, is uh, in the end of 2019, I'd hired a trainer to work for me because I thought that that's what I wanted to do to expand my business is I'll hire a trainer for me. I can help more people through her, you know, great. And that kind of didn't work out, not not because of me. I, I, I mean, I can't say I didn't try, you know, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I think that that's not really what she she truly wanted, and it was putting a lot more pressure on her and myself, um, and having less time. And then I realized I didn't want to hire someone. Like I don't actually want to hire a trainer. I don't want another trainer working for me. I just need to figure out how I can give more me to <laughs> to people. And so yeah. that's why, that's where the online world comes into it into play. And so with the with the podcast, I've been loving sharing information with people and and meeting people like yourself where we can chat but it's also a valuable insight you know it's like people get to listen in on our conversation and take some gems away and apply it into their own life somehow and so online uh so course uh, courses is where i'm going next and uh yeah cre- creating a group community where i can help people uh on, on more of a scale rather than just one-on-one. I mean, obviously, I'm still going to do one-on-one. I love it. I love in-person, always will do it. And uh, But, you know, being able to help and, and more people is, is where I want to be. Yeah, and uh, online, I thought we were going to go a whole episode without mentioning anything about lockdowns or COVID, but you said it's <laughs> I know, sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> good. good, it's fun. Um, yeah. It's, it's a way, isn't it, essentially, of very quickly going from one-on-one to one-to-many training online. And I think it's become – there was a lot of um, pushback against it at first, I think, particularly mm-hmm. in the world of fitness with the way that gyms open and close and bounce around and people are just like, nah, I'll just wait till the gym opens again. I know that myself from firsthand, but, you know, there's no reason at all why you can't train just as hard at home. It just requires a little bit more motivation and a little bit more get up and go. Um, yeah. you know, to facilitate that at the other end, it's a great thing yeah. to do. You know, it's a great thing to do, and yeah. and it's it's a way of actually dividing because everyone only has twenty four hours, but it's a way of dividing your time better to more people at the same time, 
and actually creating a little bit of community around that where people can hold each other accountable and support each other. So you reckon you're leaning, going to be leaning more and towards that? Yeah. Training? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I'm always going to do what, what I do to some degree, but I've already had to, I mean, not had to, I've decided to keep limit it to a way because it, it if anything, it just helped me reevaluate how hard or how many hours a day really because I mean like you said before you know you come to a point like how how what output is realistic for a long periods of time until you really hit the wall and so I, I that's that's what I'd set for myself I'm not going to do that to myself again I'm not going to be working early morning to late at night and you know and everything else that we have to do outside of that which people don't you know realize most of the time and yeah. so yeah I, I I definitely see it as an opportunity and I think that if if anyone hasn't had that in-person experience it, it it isn't really um of benefit i think that what's been of benefit is all of the in-person coaching that i've had because i can really it fine tunes your eyes to 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 see even on video screen like what's going on and uh you know through some lockdowns i've had people that i've had to you know if they've hurt their backs and i can't I can't get them to come into my clinic and, and me fix them. So I've had to remotely guide them to how to fix themselves so that they can actually stand up vertical, you know, and not be in bed for, for days and on end. And, and that's been a, a, an interesting challenge, but it's made me realise as well that if you've got the knowledge then you, you and the eyes to be able to see and, and you're really switched on, you, you, there's really not any limit to what you can do and how you can help people. Yeah, I think so. And... Also in that, it's really interesting, the example you gave there, you know, helping the person out at the back. You've then passed that knowledge on to them in a way that often can be looked back at later, you know, because the thing about like that moment between you and someone else, all you have is the memory. Whereas if you're doing it online, it can be recorded. You can take notes from it. You can watch it as many times as you like. So there's definitely some pluses that come out of, there's always pluses to be coming out of everything. And when you adjust your mindset to, be able to open your heart and your head to them and absorb them and take action on them and execute. It can be a great thing. It can be a great thing for all businesses. I can't think of many businesses apart from I'm also a plumber and there's no way you could do that online, but everything else. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> you could help someone. You could help someone do yeah. it remotely if you really yeah. had to. You know, yeah. see that over there, mate? You got to do that, grab that, do that, and you'll, you'll get yeah. there in the end. Yeah. Yeah, either that or robots. One of the <laughs> <laughs> I think you got an aura ring on there. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah totally. How long yeah. Have you had that form? Really intrigued about them. Uh since probably uh, maybe four or five years or so now. Oh, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, I uh, love it. I, I yeah. love this little this chip, this Good ring. Data. I'm sorry. Good data from it. Like it captures everything really well. Uh, I, I I'm a I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of thing, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, because it tells you so much, you know, and you learn a lot more about yourself as well. And like, um, it. I think the biggest thing it's helped me for is is with sleep, you know, and and then determining, you know, for one night, let's say last night I'm out for dinner, and and then you notice that your heart rate might be a little bit higher that night, you know, when you when you check in in the morning, so your heart rate was elevated, temperature was elevated, and uh, your sleep was somewhat affected. And I'm like, well. What, you know, then you start to connect the dots. You start to see the patterns in your own body, in your own um, biology, and how that having a late late meal or having a late night sleep or all of these different contributors that that affect your sleep. That's probably been the biggest game changing thing for me. 
um, in terms of, of using it. Yeah, I love it. Sleep tracking's just become this thing that just so many people do now, whether it's through their phone, their watch, rings like the Aura ring. Um, and there is, yeah, it's like, it's a funny thing because it's like, oh, you know, you can just take notes for yourself. But I think when you've got data that you can look back at and all those different variables that you have mm -hmm. there with, with that. One thing you can you can really work on making it improve, but one thing I've thought with them is like, can you keep it on when you're lifting weights? Do you have to take yeah. it off? Like, how does that work out? Can you can you see how scratched that yeah. is? So that, oh, that's, okay. supposed to, that's supposed to be that's the back. It's supposed to be black, but whatever. Um, but who's looking at the back? Honestly, who's looking at that? So yeah, just, yeah. Just yes, around. it does get a little bit scratched, but this is a few years old now, so you know it's yeah. bound to happen. Takes um, a bit but, of beating on, yeah. Yeah, but whatever. Then you just get a new one. <laughs> yeah. Ria, it's been awesome to meet you. It's been awesome to have a fellow Aussie on the show. Before we close out, I would love to get three hot tips from you on anyone wanting to get in to the businesses that you're in, anyone want to get into the world of alternative energy-based modalities, perhaps wants to become a fitness coach, you know, wants to involve themselves in that world, and a book recommendation as well, if you would. I think the biggest game, so number one, definitely, first and foremost, get you right. Get your head right. Get get you right on whatever level or meaning that that has for you. And you know, for me, it's 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 been an evolving uh, journey, starting from you know self discovery. You know, coming out of a long term relationship, and and when you when you're uh, when you're two, you know, you're two people, and you become one, and then you're like, you're you're figuring out who you are again, and um, you know, and obviously just life hitting you. So you just it's just knowing who you are and, and, and your values and what you're about and what's important to you and who's important to you, uh, getting you right, really. And that also goes with the investment in you. So first thing is invest in you in whatever shape or form that means. Uh, do that first because as I've developed myself and been more attuned with who I am and, and what I am about, that's when the biggest improvements have come from in my business because obviously we are leaders and we set the example and if we are investing in ourselves and if we are also always working on becoming a better versions of versions of ourselves then that's encouragement and inspiration for our for our clientele and people around us to be better themselves too yeah i love that i love that you know you've got to take care of number one before you start feeling like a number two and of course you have enough charge in your batteries to be able to not all, not like, not just for business, but to give yourself the best you can be to others, you know, and that's, yeah, that feeds right back to you. Yeah, I feel you on that. That leads into number two because it, number two would have to be that, you know, and again, in whatever shape or form that looks like for you, it's it's that yeah. you time, it's that you, it's time to go in. Uh, and it could be meditation, it could be reading, it could be journaling, it could be, I mean, sometimes look exercise. I don't. I'm sure you feel the same way. Exercise is like meditative. It's that time to get in the zone, yeah. you know. And and things come to your mind that whilst you're exercising and training, and you're just like, oh yeah, like it's it's sometimes you know you get the the, the wisest things come to you in the shower, and it's because yeah. you're actually you're disconnected from the world. You're you're able to be within yourself in in whatever, like I said, in, however you like to do that, and. I think it's important to do that, especially if you're someone who in a, in a service-based industry or service-based uh, facing position, 
you're giving so much of yourself, you know, and and for and how many people you face. Like now I even know I have to space out things. I have to give myself time to recharge in between a few hours of work. Like I can't do too many remedials in one day because it's a lot of hands-on, uh, you know, energy that's going out. And it's you learn what works best for you. And then also having said that, because you're giving so much of yourself, you have to remember, okay, now it's time to refill, like you said, refill your cup um, and and serve from an overflowing cup. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think great point you made there on exercise. Like it's clearing the clutter a lot of the time. It just clears that clutter space in your mind, which allows those new ideas and, and things to come in. Um, it's, for, for me, it's remembering them all, which is the difficult thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like mid-running, you're like, that's one of the best business ideas I've ever had. But then by the end of the run, you've forgotten it. <laughs> Voice memo, you just like pull it out. I, I did this the other week, actually. I had I had a moment of genius and I was in a mad rush and I just pulled out my phone and I voice memoed it. And, yeah, that's we, we have technology, fortunately, that can help yeah. with these things. <laughs> so, like, hey, Google, make a note on this for me. Yeah, for sure. And I think... Uh, the third one, and I know that it seems somewhat counterproductive because I'm not mentioning really business specifics, but the, the third one I would have to say is, again, along the lines of movement and, and self-care uh, in some shape or form because it's like, I mean, we sit a lot, you know, even even for us that are cognitive wow. of the fact that like we need to walk we need to do yeah. stuff we find ourselves sitting for hours on end so whether that's a walk outside um you know go for a walk do some exercise do some stretching do something physical uh because it just changes your overall state and it changes it lifts you up it changes your it changes how you show up and i think that's probably the biggest basis because then i'll correct myself in saying it does matter uh, that you move physically because if you don't show up with energy for people, then you, you can't show up fully for them. So making sure that you have that energy within your body to fuel your mind, to fuel like, and then they look to you to be the example. Like if they if they see that you don't take care of yourself, then what? why are they coming to you for advice? Why are they coming to you to show them the way when you clearly don't know what you're doing either? So, yeah, it's movement that self-care could be getting a remedial massage, you know, some repair, like it, it could be the fluffy kind of massage if that's what you want to do. Cause you could be stressed and you mm. might just need to unwind or have a hot bath or some Epsom salts and something like that. So, yeah. 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 And you've got to try all the things to figure out whichever one's best for you. I like to get a massage every two weeks. I go to a right. really good time massage place down the road. It doesn't matter mm. whatever massage you ask for that always end up just going super deep hard on you and you're like, Okay, just get get your ass kicked every time, but always feels better afterwards. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best. I always say to people because they they come in and they're like, "Oh, you do massage?" I was like, "No, no, no, I don't do that. I don't do the fluffy stuff. I I, I fix yeah. people. Like, um, yeah. I'm old school in the sense that like, because my grandmother was a massage therapist. I like to get in under the hood, fix people, put things back into place. Like, I like hands on. I get in there like old school. And people are just like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fixing you. You're going to feel amazing when we're finished. <laughs> Here we go. Here it is again. Old school methods are the best. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely changing the title of this podcast. So Let's do it. Three great, three great hot tips there, Freya. Really good one. And how about a book? What are you reading at the moment? What was the last kind of thing you read that you recommend? 
Well, funnily enough, I just uh, finished a book uh, by John Maxwell called uh, "Leaders Through Tough Times." I uh, it, he it's one of his newer ones that he released. Uh, you know, not surprisingly, this year, a couple of months ago, and I, I saw it and I went, "Oh well, this is the time, isn't it, to to read how to be a leader through tough times." And um, you know, even 20, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is a is a great title. Um, so much great value out of that in terms of how to yeah just be your best leader for other people fantastic i'll uh notes taken for myself there and hopefully <laughs> the guys in the background took some notes there john maxwell's a great author yeah leading in tough times is something we could all do we're getting a, yeah. a little bit better at um so yeah best way to do it is to learn about it maria i am going to pop in the comments here for the, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, actually not Instagram, but the other ones, so people can connect with you. But for the guys listening back on the audio, do you just want to tell the folks where's the best place to find you, connect with you, and uh, also be able to listen to your podcast? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, or Instagram as Coach Ria Mestiza, on Facebook as Ria Mestiza. But uh, my, my podcast is called Summon Your Superhuman, so if you just punch that in there, that the only one um, that that's that that exists. So yeah, come check it out. I love that. So many. I love the alliteration use in so many superhuman. You know, there's like a little bit, little bit, bit of it going on in this podcast as well. I think people always remember good alliteration. Thanks so much for joining me, Ria. It's been really nice to share this time with you. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, old school methods are the best for sure. That's what we found out here. <laughs> We've got to keep them alive. Got to keep them alive. I got to just got to keep them alive. And I think yeah. that you know, to say where where else I'm going from here, I think it's just packaging those things to make sure that that they stick around because those things just never they don't die, but they'll die with you. And that's what I've learned that I, I need to package these things up, you know, because I've I've worked on people in England and things like that. And they've said, Ria, no one's ever worked with me or, or worked on me like you have. Like, you need to teach people how to do this. And I was like, I don't know, how, to, how am I going to do that? Like, so, but yeah, I think that that's what I'm going to learn and, and put it together on how to keep these things alive. I like it. So there's something coming up there. There's another, <laughs> another project coming. Hunger for yeah. the Hustle is strong with you, Ria. And I love that. <laughs> So Thank thanks you. so much for coming on the show and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and I hope you, you folks have enjoyed, you're welcome, the episode, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're watching from, if you've got some value, share it with your friends and with your family and uh, stay hungry, stay happy, stay healthy and keep on hustling, folks. Thanks very much, Ria. Thank you.